What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, with my one co-host, Michael Nowen. Say hello, Mike. Hello. Glad to be back. Yeah, yeah, man. Absolutely. Good to have you. I heard a lot of shit talking on me, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> oh, of course, man. Well, <laughs> you're back from your bachelor party weekend, and now Vito's gone for one, so it's glad to see your guys' dedication to the show. I'm the only one that's over, always here. Yeah, it's okay. It's because you have no life. <laughs> Oh, that's rude, man. <laughs> we have another great show for you guys today. Before that, take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you guys get your podcasts. But before we get started on the show, we have a very special guest, our first guest ever. He's a writer for 1.37 p.m. covering the United States men's national team, Barclays Premier League, MLS. Please welcome Larry Henry. Woohoo! Woo! What's up, guys? How we doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. It's, we're really excited. It's been, it's been a while to get to this point, but we're finally here. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. If you don't mind, real quick, Larry, give us a quick background about yourself and the audience for us. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously, like you said, uh, working over at 137 uh, with the crew there, covering the Benz national team, uh, English Premier League, Americans Abroad, MLS. Um, also do some work with the International Champions Cups website, doing uh, more of the same topics. And, um, you know, previously worked at SBI Soccer for close to five years. So uh, great experience there. And uh, nice. just, continue, just, uh, just you know, continuing the grind, man. Just keep writing and, uh, you know, uh, covering the Philadelphia Union uh, locally whenever I can, not far from, uh, from Philly. And whenever I get a, you know, get a free weekend or a free day uh, during mm-hmm. the week, I always love to, to hit up a game there great great atmosphere for sure nice sweet plug for philly <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've been to the red bulls too i go up to red bulls when i can it's just philly's 20 minutes compared probably so to, much closer yeah yeah right? 20 minutes then you know an hour and 30 but uh yeah i've been you know been the red bulls been to dc uh this season too so glad to be back at games again and uh you know seeing the fans there was pretty uh pretty spooky when there's nobody there yeah. Do they have any uh, restrictions going on right now for the MLS games, or at least in Philly in general, or not really? Uh, I th- right now, I believe that um, I think every kind of city is is doing its own thing. I know for Philly, they're back to full capacity. Uh, you know, I, had a, I went as a fan a few weeks ago uh, when they played D.C., and um, it was great to see everyone kind of back and uh, enjoying themselves. Um, you know, definitely a lot of energy that the players feed off of. And um, But I, I don't know to be honest for like West coast and stuff like that. I know every state's kind of different right now. And I just got back from Ohio myself and um, it was a little, you know, different there than it was here for sure. Yeah. I feel like they give a couple less fucks out there for some, whatever reason. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's, I feel like, uh, you know, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm vaccinated now, which is good, but I even, you know, still try to stay safe with everything, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like, you were right about that. It was a lot more people kind of running free without mask and stuff, but you know, what are you going to do? Hey, teach their own, right? Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we have a lot to cover, man. We got the United States men's national team world cup qualifiers coming up. <laughs> it feels like it's been forever since I don't know that dreaded day in Trinidad Tobago. We don't talk about that anymore. We don't. <laughs> we actually, me and Mike, uh, when they went to go play Costa Rica at uh, Red Bull Arena, we actually went to the game and just watched ourselves get our ass whooped 2 0. It was great. Yeah, it was nice to go to an away game and <laughs> at home. <laughs> at home. <laughs> yeah, you got to love, gotta love those, uh, the away games on home soil. So, 
do you think we should have like a des- like kind of like a Wembley where it's like designated like somewhere like in that Kansas City area where there's always like a typically a good crowd for the U.S. or do you think they or do you like the fact that they go around the whole country? Uh, I'm a fan of the whole country thing. I mean, you see, you know, um, other teams like England and stuff. They, I mean, mm-hmm. they make Wembley their home, but sometimes they're playing uh, friendlies or qual. You know, maybe not even qualifiers, but I know they were playing like Nations League and stuff like that at times um, in other parts and friendlies in other parts, whether it was like Southampton mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Aston Villa's stadium or something. But um, yeah, it'd be pretty cool though. I think if you made like a neutral hub, uh, I think Kansas City would have to be the the number one spot i think it's just smack smack dab uh kind of in the middle and um definitely has a lot of history you know in mls but um seeing a lot of these new stadiums now i think hosting games i know austin's going to be hosting one uh i was just out in uh columbus i went to the columbus cincinnati game last weekend and it was uh amazing stadium uh modern day i think proper soccer stadium in in the u.s and um i think it's going to be you know you know a hell of an atmosphere for um that qualifier uh against um I believe they're playing Costa Rica in Columbus. Uh, and then mm-hmm. they play Mexico, they play Mexico and Cincinnati. And I wasn't able to go in Cincinnati stadium, uh, took some pictures outside, but that's a beautiful stadium too. So I think it just gives more, more kind of fan bases around the country, a chance to go see their team. I mean, I, m- I remember seeing the national team play down at the union stadium. Uh, maybe not as glitz and glamorous as some others, but uh, definitely a big following of fans in Philadelphia and also oh, yeah. uh, the people making the trek from South Jersey or DC or wherever um, nearby. So, uh, but that'd be a pretty cool idea. I think it would be um, interesting to see if U S soccer ever did something like that, but I don't, I don't know if they will. Yeah, no, I agree. Unless unless we just have to broaden the horizons for more USA fans to get out there, I'm not really sure. But <laughs> I I feel like 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 when we went there, it was it was we were legitimately sitting in away territory. It was nuts, like for a home game, which I feel sucks because that's one of the biggest advantages that playing at home is you know the crowd. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty. I'm very excited, obviously, to see the back team back in action tomorrow uh, in competitive, uh, you know, in a competitive atmosphere. Um, also. You know, I hate to say it, but I'm also kind of excited to see them on the road, you know, and see how they kind of stand up, rise to the occasion and deal with a hostile crowd. Because um, a lot of these fans in the Caribbean and other places have been kind of starved without seeing their teams play. And I think it's going to be a great atmosphere uh, there and hopefully, um, you know, can pick up three points right off the bat. An ideal world. That would be. (laughs) be We didn't win an away game last qualifiers, right? I don't think. I don't believe so. No, it's been that long nuts. that I'm I'm like second guessing it, but I don't believe it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm almost positive, and that was the one of the major flaws in in, in what happened that that massive collapse yeah. or whatever the hell you want to call calamity. It. Yeah, I was actually sick. I've never been sick to my stomach like really over it as a as a fan until like that moment. I was like, oh my lord, this like we <laughs> didn't just do this, did we? It, it it's bad when uh my dad who uh isn't a, a big soccer fan at all but when he comes up and says to you man i just read the u.s didn't qualify for soccer like what's going on um so and but you know it happens and hopefully you know they learn from it and kind of have a um it's not going to be easy but i think they're definitely favored um mm. you know to get one of those automatic spots and i mean this group of talent which yeah. we'll, you know, get into um, is just kind of really good right now. And I think going to be definitely chomping at the bit to get going. Yeah, yeah. We've never, I don't think we've ever had this much depth before, especially over in Europe. And we can go through transfers in a second and how many there, there were just in the past couple of days. But I, I feel like we could field 
close to three teams now before if, if someone went to Fulham, I was like thrilled. Like it was used to be like 10 years ago. I was like, Oh my God, we have a guy in Europe. And now it's like, we have three squads in Europe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's nuts. I mean, like the list just keeps kind of getting bigger and bigger as we'll, we'll touch on, um, you know, but as my nice. phone goes off in the background, hurricane Ida, if anyone Last flood alert, baby, <laughs> I just threw my phone like, <laughs> 10 feet across the room so hopefully it didn't break but uh yeah but no um i think the list just keeps getting bigger and bigger and we're gonna see more guys uh in mls make the move um abroad mm-hmm. um we've seen some already this transfer window and last uh last year as well and i think that list is going to keep growing but um yeah i think at some point there's going to be a you know every premier league team is going to be covered or every uh you know whatever division Bundesliga uh, it seems like that list is just um you know kind of mind mind boggling right now yeah no absolutely we had a I mean we had quite a few guys actually how about this who do you think should be going over that hasn't yet like in my opinion obviously after gold cup you got guys like Matt Turner Miles Robinson is there anyone else that you think should be making the move over for sure. I think there's a lot of guys that definitely boosted their stock at the Gold Cup. Uh, like you said, Matt Turner um, is the guy I think that could be playing in Europe someday. Uh, Miles Robinson definitely did well. Um, another guy I think that has been on the radar and, you know, there's been uh, articles about that. And that's Cole Bassett with uh, Colorado mm-hmm. Rapids. Um, Tom Bogert, uh, another reporter I know, has obviously been putting a lot of, uh, out about that and um, how Benfica uh, from Portugal had put a bid in to, to acquire him permanently. Um, but he actually rejected that because he wanted wow. to stay uh, with Colorado recently and um, and bring home a championship because Colorado is playing extremely well right now. Um, probably one of the big surprises in the Western Conference and also in MLS. And um, he's another guy who's been linked with the move abroad. I think, um, you know, some other guys just play, I think deserves a move overseas uh, maybe sooner than later is James Sands with NYCFC uh, played uh, well at the gold cup and is playing for, uh, you know, for NYCFC. Um, and then some other guys that have been linked with moves. Um, Daryl DK is another one uh, who's been linked with the premier league and now the championship and also um, some other teams in Europe. So I think he'll be going uh, soon. Uh, I don't know where or what's the best fit for him, but yeah. um, he's kind of getting back to full fitness now after picking up an injury at the gold cup. Uh, Chris Mueller was a guy that was on my list until he signed that contract to go to Scotland with uh with hibernian so he'll be heading over there at the end of this season um so yeah i think that list is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and um of guys going over and i think we're going to constantly see more with how these teams kind of groom their academies and get these guys ready to play i know the union are uh one of those teams that do that fc dallas is another one uh nyc yeah the dallas is is has a huge list of guys um and I think, you know, NYCFC is another. So, um, yeah, overall, it should, should be exciting to see. Yeah, definitely. And even building off that as well, you know, some of the other transfers, not even necessarily in the MLS, but just across like the US team itself, you know, not, we wrote down a couple of like notable, not to say there aren't others out there, but Hoppy to Mallorca, Richards going back to Hoffenheim, right? Conrad to Olympic Marseille. I mean, these aren't just like, you know, like we were saying, run of the mill types of clubs for the most part are, you know, a lot of these clubs in some sense have a level of prestige, especially in Europe for their fan bases. And it's really awesome to see that the U.S. in particular is getting those young players to go overseas and really grow, develop, um, 
So it, it's, it's pretty tremendous. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that the, it's not only like um, the list, the, the, the clubs um, just making the move there, but like you said, these guys go into kind of bigger name clubs. Um, Conrad de Marseille, I think, is a great situation because he'll be contending, um, you know, for Europe. He'll be contending in, in European competitions um, is already getting immediate playing time and kind of showing what he can do when he gets um, to play regularly. Um, Hoppy going to Mallorca, I think is a, a neat situation because um, it's not the biggest team in La Liga by far, mm-hmm. but um, it, it's obviously you, we've seen the stadium and the videos they publish. It's a nice stadium, a uh, really nice town. Oh, it's, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And <laughs> take uh, a vacation there. <laughs> you get his autograph while you're there and maybe see Stu Holden since he's a minority owner there. So That's right. uh is i saw so, that uh, i think nash is with them too right and some other someone else on the suns i think the owner as well yeah steve nash is um you know i don't know the name of the third but uh i think it was mm-hmm. pretty cool to see him go there and kind of take it a, a different route because he was linked with the man U's and the liverpools and um other teams like that but was he really going to play right away um probably not with ronaldo going back to man U or um mo salah at liverpool or sadio mane there so um it, it's a cool situation they've already started the season really well and um will definitely be contending to to stay up in the the first division um because uh probably Matthew Hoppy doesn't want to suffer a second straight relegation and to start his <laughs> senior career. But, uh, but that's, so, no. yeah, but that, yeah, that's a different story though. But, um, but the, definitely the moves these guys are making are, um, you know, the big name clubs, good situations. And I think, you know, we'll see a lot of them thrive this season. Do you think it's worth them going to like relegation contenders though, potentially like people that are like guys that are teams that are surviving or should they go to more like kind of mid table clubs where they, may not necessarily play like week in week out, but like it's a little bit more stable as a club and like an environment. It's tough to say. I mean, I think both definitely bring their uh, pros and cons. Um, When you look at a situation, like I'll pick Josh Sargent with Norwich. Um, I think Mm -hmm. the fact they got relegated, um, he was another one linked with moves to the premier league or even Bundesliga teams. And now he goes to Norwich where, He's not going to play every single week because they have a, a proven goal scorer in Timu Puki, but he is going to get that experience of, of working with um, a Premier League club and working with a lot of, you know, international players. Um, so, and he's already, you know, kind of made his mark a little bit in the, the League Cup with two goals in his first start. So um, I, I think... If I was if it was I was in their shoes, I would say, of course, you want to go to the team that's going to not be relegated, but mm-hmm. you want to you want to play, you want to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, I think the situation like Sergeant might have a little bit of trouble. He might be you know a guy off the bench to maybe get a goal or to pad mm-hmm. a lead or to tie a game. Um, when you look at um, Venezia, who's another one, um, yep. you have. Buzio, uh, Tanner Tessman, and Jack DeVry now, uh, the most recent going there. And that's yep. another team that's not going to be favored to stay up. Um, Buzio played uh, this past week. I thought he looked uh, really, really well, uh, really good for his first um, start. Um, Tessman still kind of trying to fight for minutes in the, le- in the mm-hmm. league. I know he played in the cup. And DeVry might not play at all. He might just get it, uh, you know, he might be able to train with the first team and get that experience and maybe play with like the under 23s, which is uh, more than he was doing with the union. So um, I think overall, I think when you're with those relegation teams, 
you might play more um, and you might get that kind of experience of, you know, that battle of, you know, uh, later in the season, okay, is this the week that we stay up? Is this the week that we Mm -hmm. go down? And I think as a player that really brings a lot of experience. I know Josh Sargent talked about it. I know uh, Matthew Hoppy had talked about it. I had interviewed him after the gold cup and he kind of talked about how that helped him grow and, um, you know, kind of see the pressure on you as a professional. So, uh, Mm -hmm. um, but overall um, it's tough to say because i think every player um you know is going to a different situation you could you could be conrad going to marseille you could be um uh caden clark who's going to be going to leipzig soon yep. um you know uh, matt miazga going to alavis so um but you know it's kind of just seeing you know what you make of that situation and i think a lot of these guys are in really good situations to um you know exceed their expectations yeah. it sounds like more like a lot of the guys individual mentality for the most part Mm-hmm. yeah it's um it definitely that mentality is different i mean you could be um you know like a zach stefan who right now is the number two at man city and he's not playing he'll he'll get his chances in the league cup and um the fa cup and and may and you know if uh if if you know, if they run away, um, say they run away with the group stage in the Champions League, it's not going to be easy. But if they do have a game that he plays or something like that with the, the group wrapped up or uh, a knockout stage spot uh, clinch. So um, it's definitely different for everybody. But I think, you know, you want to be playing and um, you want to be playing regularly. And I think um, a lot of these players are in that situation to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I, I think a lot of the moves that we've seen so far are actually pretty positive because I think most of the guys left clubs they weren't getting the time at and they they, they need to. Someone like Car- uh, CCV went going over to Celtic on loan. I thought it was a massive one for him because he hasn't been getting anything over at Tottenham. Yep. Um, and he definitely needs play time in order to secure a spot right now on the uh, men's national team. Yeah, totally. Speaking of, uh, how do you how do you pronounce it? Is it Venezia? Veniza? Venezia, Venezia. I'm, I'm honestly not really sure, but they have American owners and they just keep pulling uh, over I'll, USA I'll guys say, now. We have like a new, instead of full America, it's a full, like a America, maybe like a US MVT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. We lost them together. No. But anyway, moving on, going through like the, U.S. squad in particular and kind of go, touching on, you know, who's been selected and what we're, the expectations are. And we and a little bit alluded to it in the beginning of like what we're expecting from the, this U.S. team. But we wanted to kind of talk about also the roster itself, go over any specific omissions or surprises that you happen to notice in, in general. Um, and then beyond that, you know, what's the prediction from a formation perspective, from a team perspective? You know, what are we should we really be thinking and really wanting to see out of Pearl Halter and the rest of like the squad in general? And yeah, overall, get the opinion in general from Larry. Yeah, I mean, looking at the roster, um, I think one big omission to me was uh, was Julian Green. Um, he's a guy that's um, kind of been on the outs for a while now since he was a younger player, um, but had a lot of experience with um, getting uh, his new club Firth promoted back to the um, to the Bundesliga uh, was really key in them doing that and has really kind of developed his game nicely where he's not just an attacking player like he was when he was at Bayern 
um, you know, on loan other places. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot now with the ball. He, he's a central midfielder. He covers a lot of ground. He sets up a lot of his teammates, um, plays really well defensively. So I was kind of shocked um, he didn't get a chance. Um, I mean, I know there's tons of guys for Greg Berhalter now to choose from mm-hmm. um, rather than years ago where it seemed like it was, you know, it was the same same group of guys with the occasional surprise. Um, yep. So Green's Green was definitely a shock for me. Um, but I understand maybe why he wasn't picked because um, it seems like he's really kind of struggled to, to give, you know, get a chance with Burhalter right now. And hopefully maybe in the near future, he does get a chance um, with them. Um, I mean, looking at the, the formation uh, I think, it might depend uh, game to game against the opponent. Um, El Salvador is going to be a tough game, I think, to start because you are on the road. You're going to have to deal with a lot of fans there. Um, but I think they're going to go out, try to, you know, get a few goals early and um, really kind of put this thing to bed, um, which I think, um, you know, there's been talk of some formation changes, um, how they kind of set up. I think they're going to play like three center backs at the back. Uh, I really do just because they're going to want to get, you know, these fullbacks uh, up high. Um, I think Anthony Robinson and also Serginio Dest are going to be in that starting lineup. They're going to be kind of bombing up up the flanks to try to get crosses in the box. You want to get there. That's what they're good at. I mean, you yeah. want to get them. You want to get them in those situations. You don't want them defending uh, more than attacking. So um, I think we see three center backs um, for sure. Who do, you, uh, who do you think fills those slots out of curiosity? I mean, looking at it, uh, I think when you have the three center backs, it's probably easier maybe for like some of the younger guys to step in. Um, I think John Brooks, for sure, he's your number one. Uh, You know, as much as people probably don't like it, I think Tim Ream starts because he has that experience. Um, He's been in these situations. He has 45 caps for the team. Um, And he's playing, uh, you know, he's playing with some, you know, confidence now with Fulham. They've been on a roll uh, in England. Um, As the third guy, I think Miles Robinson uh, starts as well because um, I know Walker Zimmerman has more experience and maybe Mark McKenzie has more uh, maybe upside, but uh, Miles Robinson did extremely well in the gold cup um, really kind of solidified his spot on this roster. And I, and again, I think if you have the guys like Brooks and Reem who have um, 40 plus caps each there, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to be the guy to kind of calm you down and say, you know, you know, kind of say, take the lead a little bit and maybe Robinson isn't put under uh, too much pressure. So I think those three guys get the start um, and then Robinson on the left at left kind of like left wing back and Dest at right wing back. Um, And then if you look at, um, you know, the midfield, obviously, you know, um, Christian Pulisic, probably you know isn't going to be playing i mean i've seen photos of him uh in nashville so he didn't make the trip he didn't he didn't make the trip yeah he didn't make the trip down and uh, i i kind of expected that that was my prediction was he wouldn't be there for the first game but he would be Mm -hmm. for the other two right now i think it's about fitness and he hasn't been he hasn't been playing he hasn't been kind of running around so um you know i think you can kind of save him for this game so um but when you look at the midfield um the guys there, I think um, you're probably going to have – definitely going to have Weston McKinney. Uh, I think you're definitely going to have Tyler Adams. Um, and then the third guy, um, you know, you have Kellen Acosta, who I think had a, a really good gold cup. You have Sebastian Legette, who, um, you know, Berhalter is uh, 
Like he, he really does. I, yeah, he lo- he loves him, and I think yeah. he's a guy again who maybe like a Tim Ream, where you know fans kind of want to see him, you know, yeah. maybe push push to the side a little bit. But I think again mm-hmm. with Conca- Concacaf, you want you want some guy- experienced guys, some older guys there that you know can play under this type of pressure. So mm-hmm. I think you're going to see Adams. You're going to see him at that num- kind of like number six role uh, mm-hmm. defensively. You're going to see McKenney with him but also getting upfield. And I think I'd have to say the third guy, as much as I want to see Kellen Acosta, I think Legette starts because Probably. he give, he gives you more of an offensive threat. And right now they, they need that with Polisic not there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Acosta off the bench and a role, you know, Christian Roldan off the bench uh, in the game. And then up top, um, I think you have to go with Josh Sargent, um, you know, with the, with the guys out, like, uh, you know, Josh's artist, not there, Daryl DK, not there. Um, so I think Josh Sargent gets the start um, and, you know, he's the future at the striker position. Uh, and then I think you're going to see uh, like Gio Reyna as the other forward, uh, maybe kind of playing off him a little bit, not centrally. He's going to be kind of floating around, um, you know, making up for uh, Pulisic's absence. And I think Reyna will start uh, as well. I mean, as much as we'd probably like to see like a two striker front with Sargent and maybe Jordan Pifak, um, I think Gia Reyna has to be out there starting. I think he just his creativity and his ability to, to, um, you know, draw fouls uh, in the final third um, is key. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Aronson gets some time as well. I think he's the other guy who we could see fill in for Pulisic. But I think Reyna uh, right now uh, will be a starter, and we could see Aronson as one of the first guys off the bench. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, it sounds sounds more like a 3-5-2 that you're going with. I'm, like, debating if we go, like, 3-5-2 or 3-4-3, and he wants to attack with the wings and see if he pushes Reyna out to the right wing again. I think all of United States men's national team Twitter really wants him playing at that cam role right now. I I literally see that everywhere, which I I don't blame because he's playing playing right there. He's looked really good there for Dortmund. For Dortmund, yeah. So I think that's definitely the right spot for him. But, yeah, even if he's up front and just having that free, uh, you know, free roaming area where he can just get on the ball and do what he wants, I'm, I'm all about that, too. He's definitely our best playmaker right now, probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Burhalter has a lot of different, uh, you know, kind of routes he can take for how he's going to play um, with Pulisic not there. Um, I don't think it's a, you know, again, I mean, it stinks not having Pulisic, but you have more than enough talent to go down there and score several yeah. goals and keep them Absolutely. off the score sheet. Um, so I think, you know, Gio Reyna and Brendan Aronson, they're younger attackers that are, um, you know, in good form right now for their clubs and um, both, you know, have a, a good reason to start. Um, my big thing is too, is if you do put Reyna at like a, a right wing back, you know, then would you, I guess you would put Dest on the other side, which he's comfortable with. He has played left back um too but i think you know he's more natural as a as a right back and more dangerous there so mm-hmm. i think um you know i agree with both of you that i think we will see kind of reina maybe floating around in a, a central attacking role um getting on the end of kind of like knockdown passes and stuff and trying to get himself into good situations whether that's you know him shooting whether that's him winning fouls um or setting up his teammates, but uh, I, you know, it's definitely hard to kind of pick some of the pieces in the formation. Cause there's just so many guys out there yeah. and a lot of guys have a say. And, and then we forgot about the goalkeeper, right? I was just because, about to I bring mean, that up. Yeah. Uh, That's a hot forgot, topic of discussion. 
Because before, I mean, it was Zach Steffen, number one, Zach Steffen, number one. Um, but Matt Turner has definitely kind of inserted himself into that race with what he did at the Gold Cup and what he's been doing uh, the last couple seasons in MLS. Um, I think Ethan Horvath's definitely the number three because he's not mm. playing regularly at, at Nottingham Forest. Um, and that's going to be the situation, I think, for uh, a while with him as the number three in the U.S. pool. But um, right now... I would start with the hot hand. I'd start with Matt Turner because as much as great as Zach Steffen is um, and that he's playing for Manchester city and he has 16 more caps than Matt Turner. I mean, Matt Turner's playing regularly. He's playing for the number one team in MLS. Um, he's coming off a uh, golden glove performance in the gold cup. So I think Matt Turner, um, if this is the game you want him to play, I think this is it because you have um, some tougher opponents in Canada and also um, yeah. Honduras in, in this window. So, um, and I think Matt Turner is definitely deserving of, of starting uh, tomorrow night. I think yeah, that'd be a, could a agree shock. More. I think that would definitely be a shock for a lot of people, but it's not something that, at least those who should have been paying attention wouldn't have like I'd say it wouldn't be unexpected, right? Shock for people who aren't like watching, say, hey, Stefan, Man City. But you know, if you've been watching the Gold Cup, watching Matt Turner, watching him at the Revolution, it's it's definitely deserved to say the least. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know a lot of people have kind of came, you know, questioned me on Twitter a couple months ago when I said <laughs> Zach Steffen should be number one. Uh, you know, Zach Steffen's still my number one. And, and that's not being biased because I'm a Manchester City fan. Um, that's just the fact that I thought you think Zach Steffen overall is the better talent. But mm -hmm. um, in qualifying with these games kind of coming uh, thick and fast over just a short period, I mean, you can rotate, um, you know, just because Matt Turner starts tomorrow doesn't mean he might start the other two games. But exactly. um, again, I think his confidence right now is sky high because he helped them win the gold cup over Mexico. He won the golden glove as the best goalkeeper. Uh, you know, he's been in the running obviously for, um, you know, goalkeeper of the year in MLS. And, and didn't he uh, help them do this through the penalty shootout in the MLS versus the uh, Mexico league at Liga Mexa, right? Through that, or am I going crazy and hallucinating? I don't think uh, what if it was this. Uh, I don't think the Revs were in it this year. Not the not the Revs. I'm sorry. Like the oh, MLS All Star game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was also um, in the in the MLS All Star game um, for sure. Um, but yeah, so he's definitely full of confidence right now, um, and I think again, I think it's just like some about it, get the hot hand. And who's, um, I think Turner, probably the best goalkeeper again in MLS. Mm. Yeah, I, I listen, you laid it out every argument possible. I think Horvath's definitely the number three, even after he had his nice shining moment in the Nations League final. Um, you know, Matt Turner filed it up with, with six or seven straight games, which is absolutely like genius in the Gold Cup. So he's definitely fighting for the number one spot with Stefan. I really like Stefan just to get more game time somewhere at club level because I think. He, He's going to need it to, to stick at the number one in the future, but we'll see. I, I won't be shocked. I, I would be very surprised, actually, if we don't have two different starting goalkeepers throughout the three-game window. I, I think Greg, I think he tinkers with it. Yeah, I think uh, you're going to see probably both of them. Um, yeah, I think I – think, Turner plays tomorrow. Maybe Stefan gets the 
game, and then uh, Turner goes again against Honduras. Um, but Greg could also go the other way and go Stefan Turner, Stefan, or um, one of these guys, all three. But I think you're going to need to show some kind of rotation, definitely with the players. Um, and then I think the goalkeepers are going to need it too with uh, the condition, the weather conditions, um, and the games coming every couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nah, absolutely. What do you what do you think of uh, Berhalter as a coach in general, though? Like, I know a lot of people always, well, Twitter in general, they 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 murder him left and right. But I don't think he's doing that. I could be I could be reading it completely wrong. But from where he's starting to where he's at now, I don't think he's doing a bad job at all. I think he's doing pretty well. He's starting to understand like the pool of players he has, and he's going. He's there's we've made great strides, I think. Or it could just be the the players themselves that we just got lucky with a generation. Yeah, I think overall, Burhalter. I mean, um, you know, kind of pedigree speaks for ex- itself. I mean, he's not, you know, he hasn't been at these, you know, big clubs. Obviously, he had success with the Columbus crew and getting them to be kind of a consistent team in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, I think overall, he's just a guy that, you know, he wants to win. You know, he's played for the national team. He's seen um, some highs and lows as a player and a manager. And I think he just wants the best for the program. And, um, overall is just a competitive guy. I mean, he wants to win and get these guys ready. Um, cause he, he knows how special this generation is and how, um, how much they can achieve. They've already brought home two trophies, uh, this summer, uh, against Mexico's first team. Um, and, um, and overall, I think that he's going to get that chance, uh, in the world cup. Cause I do obviously see them qualifying and, um, getting there and, you know, he's kind of had a really, a really strong 2021 so far. Um, but again, mm. you're judged on qualifying. You're not really judged on, uh, the nation's league or the gold cup and all, I mean, they didn't get to the Olympics, um, the under 23 team and, and, they didn't get to the last world cup. So, um, that's what you're going to be judged on. Um, the I mean, overall, I think he's a good manager for sure. Um, one thing I am a little worried with is um, maybe, you know, I know a lot of fans probably agree with me is maybe in the games with the subs and whether he's subbing guys too early, whether he's maybe not picking the right guys. Obviously, it's easier said than done um, when you're not on the sideline and you're not looking at the formation and the matchups and everything. But um, I think that's one thing that could definitely change and I think will change through qualifying because you're going to be forced into some – um, yeah. situations where mm-hmm. you need it, you need a goal late or you need um, to hold on to that lead, whether it's, you know, against um, the lower teams like El Salvador or the bigger teams like Mexico and uh, Jamaica. So um, I think that's one thing that's definitely going to need to change, but um, overall, I think he's done, you know, an ex- exceptional job of getting these guys ready and getting them um, giving everyone a look because the pool right now is just a, t- way bigger than when it was, um, you know, when Bruce Arena was the coach uh, when they failed to qualify. So, and mm-hmm. Jurgen Klinsmann as well. So um, I think he's done well of kind of picking out that talent. And now it's about getting the best talent out there and playing at a high level uh, in a cons- on a consistent the basis yeah no i absolutely agree with you i i mean again correct me if i'm wrong but i thought we saw the best tactically out of him between the nation's league finals uh, the semifinal final and then the gold cup i thought that's the most or the best i've seen him make subs on the fly 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, uh, like I said, I think he's gotten better with it. Um, and again, I mean, the, the layoff they had um, kind of from competitive matches uh, leading up to the Nations mm-hmm. League Final Four. I mean, getting these guys kind of back up for it after uh, a long European season and really just, you know, a long period of um you know, with the pandemic and everything and a lot of other things kind of in the back, you know, in the background uh, that we don't see. But, um, yeah, I think he's he's just, you know, continuing to kind of grow in that role. He probably knows the pressure is on, too, um, that they need to get to the World Cup um, after after last uh, failure. And uh, overall, with this much talent, you should be qualifying. I mean, we've seen them kind of already skyrocket the FIFA rankings now, uh, just outside of the top 10, which I think is deserved. Um, and credit to him for for getting them there and the players for, you know, performing. Um, and, and I think uh, his subs, I think, will just keep getting better and better now with the amount of talent they have, because the more, you know, the better talent you have, I think it's the easier you're going to, you know, to make those subs, but you're going to need everyone ready to produce. And I think they do uh, starting tomorrow night. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, man. I love everything you just said, realistically. They, um, the pool, the, the deeper we are, definitely makes his decisions. Granted, they're, they're harder maybe at first, but easier like later on during the game when he has enough talent where he can bring on a guy from, you know, Red Bull, Lisbon for someone that's, you know, also playing in the top flight in Germany rather than before maybe some guy in the USL too or the MLS to replace someone from Europe as a top star. So his, his pool is growing. He's getting better at the same time. I think it's a really good time for the U.S. in general. I what do you, what do you, would you what would you consider a successful window then like a minimum of what like obviously all nines ideal but like do you think seven is like pretty much the bare minimum of like expectation yeah i think i mean though you i mean hearing the players like listen to tyler adams yesterday and weston mckinney mm-hmm. i mean the goal is nine points and um you know they're high on confidence right now and they know that they're one of the favorites and how much pressure is on them to um, to qualify and succeed. Um, I think the minimum, yeah, is seven. Uh, I think they should um, maybe not breeze by El Salvador, but like I said, it will be a tough game, but eventually I see, do see them getting through maybe like a three to one or something like that. Um, Canada will be tougher for sure. Uh, you have the Canada team that's kind of on the rise as well in CONCACAF. They have their own uh, sort of golden generation right now with mm-hmm. Uh, you know, guys like Tejan Buchanan, who um, right. is at MLS and earned himself a move now into Europe. Um, and then you have some veteran guys there as well. Uh, the Kyle Larens, the Samuel Pietz. So um, Canada will definitely be tougher, especially with their more, their, uh, more recent matchups. Obviously, uh, U.S. fans won't uh, won't be forgetting when they beat when they lost four or when they lost uh, in the Nations League to Canada uh, mm-hmm. back in 2019, which feels like a century ago now. Yeah. But uh, but then, you know, rebounded to beat them four to one in the Nations League. And then since then, have beat them in the Gold Cup. So um, that'll be a tougher game. Uh, maybe that's the game where there we see the draw. Um, and I don't think the U.S. will be, you know, disappointed with that um in the end uh and then honduras i think that's another three points again it's a tough team uh team that they've seen in the nation's league um semifinals um and beat them but uh overall i think that's a team that they should be winning uh against but again the depth will be tested uh can other guys kind of step up um hopefully by the canada game uh christian politics back um full fitness and can make an impact um but they're definitely going to need 
other guys to step up. It can't just be Pulisic. It's got to be uh, Sargent. It's got to be Giorena. It's got to be, um, you know, legit other guys. You, you need goals. And um, I know, you know, one nothings, uh, one nothing score runs are ugly, but in CONCACAF, you'll take it, you know. Oh, and absolutely. I, we'll and after, a after, lot in CONCACAF. <laughs> Bite your arm after, off for one mil. <laughs> and after all the clean sheets in uh, the Gold Cup, I mean, you should be raring to go to kind of keep that run going. Uh, I think it was only letting up one goal in the Gold Cup. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think uh, seven points definitely uh, the minimum, but I, I you know, if they get all nine, I think um, that's, again, just a testament to the players and the coach, you know, Burhalter and his staff for getting them to that point. Yeah, I, ho- I don't know how much the other fans realize, like, the other teams really in CONCAF are getting a lot stronger, like you just mentioned. Canada, oh, yeah. they're having a nice generation right now. Jamaica, Jamaica just recruited, like, oh, yeah. Kelly Antonio, who's the most in- informed man on the planet right now. Dude's been killing it. Yeah. So there's a lot of teams getting better, that not just us. Definitely. I think Jamaica, I mean, that's a team that I'm kind of eager to see because mm-hmm. the guys you said, Mikhail Antonio coming off his record breaking performance with West Ham, uh, becoming the all time leading goal scorer in the premier league for the club. And, um, Leon I think Bailey, once I, Leon Bailey, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have a lot of the guys from the union there, Andre Blake, uh, always up, always up there for goalkeeper of the year and has won it recently. Um, you know, and then, so that's a, it's a scary team for sure. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, it's just Jamaica with Mikel Antonio, but it's really just a really collective unit, um, strong at the back, a lot of fast guys that can beat you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the team I'm probably most worried about because we know what Mexico is going to bring. We know yeah. what Canada is probably going to bring now. The other teams like Costa Rica and Honduras, Panama. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Jamaica is definitely going to be a dark horse. And um, and they have a tough game tomorrow because they, they open up with Mexico uh, on the road. So, um, but I think – but I think Mikel Antonio might be my best uh, scoring bet option to score tomorrow for Jamaica, <laughs> just with how well his form is. And I think how uh, excited maybe Jamaica fans and also CONCACAF fans are to see this guy, um, you know, leave England, leave England, uh, you know, the England pool, which he wasn't really getting called up anyway, mm-hmm. to come to a Jamaica team that's already kind of on the cusp of uh, being in that elite uh, top three in CONCACAF. Yeah, absolutely. You got odds on that, uh, on that Mikel Antonio bet, or I have to look this up on DraftKings. You've posted a few winners lately, so I'm just saying, I, I I'm always down to double down with somebody. You know, what's funny is, um, I didn't even see a, a scoring like a player prop for him on DraftKings. I, <laughs> I see more of those, uh, those bets. You know, bet on this guy to score and win, or score and yeah. assist, and and he wasn't one of them. But I know, um, I think if you bet on Jamaica, uh, I know if you bet on Mexico right now it's it's some crazy number uh i know like just a just a draw was plus 750 um right wow. now and i think those are pretty really? good that, yeah that's, that's not a bad bet i think that's pretty good odds for yeah. sure um against jamaica it's not like you're playing a slouch like el salvador or something you're playing jamaica and i think jamaica might um could pull the upset uh in that one or at least keep it close I'm actually about to look those odds for a jamaica could, win right now i'm very curious they could definitely steal a point off them I mean, with the slumping Mexico team after the Gold Cup and after the Nations League, it, it's very possible. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure for sure on Mexico after the two 
trophy losses, but then now you get uh, Raul Jimenez back after yep. his kind of long, huge. lengthy head injury, and I think that's huge because you could see maybe a little bit they missed him uh, in the mm. final third in those tournaments. So he's a guy to definitely watch, and another guy on the player props, man. He's uh, he's a guy I think that's going to be at the end of qualifying at least near the top of goals scored. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, just, I did look it up. Jamaica's plus eleven hundred. For a draw That's or for a win? ridiculously undervalued. What are the books doing? For a draw or a win? For a win, Jamaica money lines plus 1100. And then, yeah, you're right. Draws plus 750. How do you not? I would throw money on both of those. Screw it. <laughs> it's not a bad I bet. did. I, I did put down on USA El Salvador. I think it was over three and a half just because uh, the last couple games with the US, I'd been winning on the goals because they you know the, at least in the later rounds it was you know one mm-hmm. nothing or so low scoring and stuff like that but um you know i think again i think the prediction there my prediction would be 3-1 us but um again it's concacaf you never know with yeah. that sort of thing yeah no, absolutely I mean, it's it's so unpredictable in the way in the way the games are played and all the dirty tactics that you see like there's a penalty just kicking the entire spot <laughs> to shreds <laughs> everything then you add the weather into it when there's ever in these crazy downpours you see, mm. or, you know, fields on cow pastures or something. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I still remember a few years ago when they played, I think it was like St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And this was like mm. 2017 or 2016. And it was like, um, you know, it looked like it was like a, at like a high school track, you know, uh, our, our equivalent of a high school track. And he's like, you know, you see farms in the background and stuff. And it was pretty, pretty interesting but as a player i mean it looked like they didn't weed whack the thing or lawn mow the thing or anything <laughs> like that maybe that's part of the advantage of playing when you're the home team it I is know. though like like, we're, like a lot of especially like our guys in europe now they used to perfectly trim the pitches and yeah. you know <laughs> watered down <laughs> like not, nothing right. crazy but then you go to a you know not as developed country and they have potholes in the ground and you're ready to break an ankle running into one of them right yeah but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we covered the majority of it for the most part. Is there anything you guys really want to, you know, add to everything? No, I think that's it. I think we hit on everything. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. good. All good. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much wraps it up. Larry, I want to thank you so much for coming on here, you know, dropping a ton of knowledge on us. Um, where can everyone, you know, listening, learn more about you and just keep in touch. Yeah. Again, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. It's been a, been a fun time, except for my phone blowing up uh, two times. With <laughs> it's, trying to, it's trying to with, keep you safe. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't hear the rain over my headphones like I did earlier. So it must be calming down, but uh, yeah, you can follow me L Henry 019 at Twitter um, writing at one thirty-seven pm.com uh, international champions cup uh, com as well. So definitely we'll have some, uh, some stuff up, uh, before the game tomorrow and also after the game and going into the weekend. Cause um, like I said, the game's coming thick and fast. There's no time for, uh, for no rest for the wicked, I guess. in the next coming week. I know you're going to be busy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Balance that with the full-time job during the day. It's like, you know, you kind of just start losing track of what time it is. It's like, <laughs> you know, but, but we're getting into the fall now. So daylight savings coming up, start catching up on some sleep. There you go. There you go. That's one way to do it. <laughs> I heard adulting is really fun. <laughs> right. But that'll do it for another episode, guys, of Sunday League Screamers Podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with Michael Noen and our wonderful guest speaker, 
Larry Henry. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's go, U.S. Let's go. Right. Let's go. Come on.